This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, people, it's Friday. Let's behave like it's Friday. So let's have some fun. Let's get the job done. And then let's have us a weekend, shall we? Hello. Hello. Yeah, it's a it's a Friday, isn't it? Thank God. Thank God you made it. And while we all get to launch into the weekend, the guy, the boss, the man in charge of the government is about ready to start his first big international trip. And today we're going to talk about that trip. We're also going to talk about breaking news, things that are going on today. Uh, there's, um, there's a vital question of the day that we have to talk about that relates to nothing in government or the drama in D.C. We might hear from a member of the American Civil Liberties Union because there's a big ACLU case happening here in the state of Delaware. Yes, I'm coming to you live from the constitutionally protected, yes, constitutionally protected free speech bunker in the woods of Arden, Delaware. And I hope, I hope to be able to speak to the, the local head of the American Civil Liberties Union about a big free speak, free speech, I can't even free speak myself, free speech story. And so uh, I think at the top of the third hour, we're going to have the representative who handles the free speech questions and the American Civil Liberties Union. So stay tuned for that. Uh, we have much to discuss and also, as I mentioned earlier, much to celebrate. It's National Pizza Party Day. Are you having a pizza party? I wish we had pizza today, but I didn't have time to get out and get it. Very busy morning. It is also... National Devil's Food Cake Day. And a lot of folks here are talking about it's National Bike to Work Day. It's 90-some degrees here and very humid for the third day in a row. It is not National Bike to Work Day for me today. If you're able to do it, good for you, God bless. Good for you. Uh, we, we have, as I said, issues to address. The big story that a lot of people are hooting and hollering about Anthony Weiner, minutes ago, literally minutes ago, in the last half hour before this show went on the air, Anthony Weiner made his plea known, pleading guilty, pleading guilty to transferring basically pornography to a minor. And while we can all say, yay, finally, Anthony Weiner is going to get his just desserts here, it's more of a, a soft sentence. And wh why do I say that? Well, they're looking at giving Anthony Weiner. He's not going to be sentenced, first of all, until September. Now, why? Why, why? why do we have to wait till September? What's the deal? He was sexting with a 15-year-old. 52-year-old Anthony Weiner admitted to exchanging sexually explicit text messages with a 15-year-old girl. And he's going to strike a, a plea deal. 
they're going to sentence him in the fall. And, and the judge could say no plea or no, no jail time, or he could get up to 10 years. He has agreed not to appeal any sentence between 21 and 27 months in prison. So in other words, Anthony Weiner says, I will, I will give you a guilty plea and I will not appeal any sentence I receive as long as it's somewhere between 21 months and 27 months in prison. So he could, he could be in prison for a year and nine months or a year, two years and three months. Seems fair, right? No. No, it doesn't. We are getting reporting from the New York media saying Anthony Weiner cried in court as he apologized to the teen saying, I have a sickness and I do not have an excuse. So Anthony Weiner is making a plea deal. He's free on bail pending the sentencing set for September 8th. Whether or not he gets a fine will be up to the sentencing judge. The 15-year-old girl was from North Carolina, and he reportedly sent her shirtless photos of himself and graphic messages, even though she apparently told him she was underage. And there are other parts of this story that make it sound like there was more serious and graphic information and images and possibly videos exchanged. So Anthony Weiner is facing a maximum of two years and three months in, in prison. Well, let me tell you this story. Robert Lee Moore also pleaded guilty to charges of sending sexually explicit pictures of himself to a teenage girl. Robert Lee Moore Sentenced yesterday in Florida, he made the plea in March. So he, March, April, May, so less than two months between Robert Lee Moore pleading guilty and getting sentenced to 20 years in prison. Pretty much for doing what Anthony Weiner did. He's 38 years old and he is going to prison. He did this while he was apparently on duty. And why is this a big deal? Well, Robert Lee Moore was a member of the Secret Service, the White House Division of the Secret Service. He was busted after he got caught in a sting. He thought he was talking to a 14-year-old girl, thought he was talking to a 14-year-old girl online. Turned out the, the um, person was an undercover officer in Delaware. And then when he crossed the line, sending explicit material to a alleged underage person, knowing this person was underage, they swept in and picked up his computers and found he had, he had been sending sexually explicit pictures of himself to a girl in Florida and also had similar communications with a 14-year-old girl in Texas and a 17-year-old girl in Missouri. Now, this wasn't Anthony Weiner's first time getting caught sending inappropriate images. As far as we know, it's the first time with an underage person. Anthony Weiner is facing 21 to 27 months in prison, maybe, possibly nothing. Possibly nothing. 
This former Secret Service officer, member of the Uniform Secret Service Office, is going to prison for 20 years. And I think most of us would probably say good. Good. So why isn't Anthony Weiner getting 20 years? Why isn't Anthony Weiner facing the same fate that uh, Lee Robert Moore, I, I might have said Robert Lee Moore, that Lee Robert Moore faced or is facing? Why isn't he getting the same deal? Why isn't he getting the same justice? Could it be connections have something to do with it? Could it be that the ties to the Clintons still carry some weight? Could it be being a former congressman gets you that kind of extra special treatment? It's not like this was Wiener's first time crossing the line. And it's not as if we didn't have pictures of Anthony Wiener sexting with a young girl as his infant child was laying in the bed next to him. I, I don't see any difference between the two, except the fact that the guy who's connected to the Clintons and also had a congressional career is actually facing almost no jail time, even if he goes away. Do you think they're going to send him to real prison or is Anthony Weiner going to go to some place where they have a hedge instead of a fence? A place like Martha Stewart went because he's, he's not exactly a threat. Unless you consider, as I do, a threat to the youth to be a real serious threat. Uh, a 52-year-old guy stealing the innocence of a young child is one of the greatest threats in our entire land. So, no, I don't agree with the, the soft sentence of Anthony Weiner. I don't think it's appropriate at all. And now we're going to have to wait as Anthony Weiner. I'm sure they said, look, Your Honor, let's get sentencing done. We will agree not to appeal any sentence between 21 and 27 months, even though we realize he could get he could get as much as 10 years in in prison for this. We won't appeal. And uh, as an additional condition of our appeal, he'll appear in court. He'll plead guilty. He will apologize. And uh, as long as you hold sentencing until after the summer so he can spend the summer in the Hamptons with Huma and the kid and with the Clintons. Not that that's what happened. But it sure feels like somebody got a sweetheart deal. Sure feels like somebody got a, a much better deal than the average citizen. Not that Lee Robert Moore was the average citizen. He's a guy who had made it through security clearance to be able to protect the president of the United States as a former Secret Service officer. But he got 20 years. And again, he, he put his plea in, in March and was sentenced yesterday. So what's the difference? The difference has to be political privilege. The difference has to be, in my opinion, the connections to the Clintons who still carry power in this country. Anthony Weiner, at least, at least he's been finally caught. And what happens if Anthony Weiner decides he's not going to prison and he does a Roman Polanski and moves out of the country? Do we have any uh, right to uh, get him back? If Anthony Weiner decides to go to, to France, 
We know we don't have uh, extradition from France. Not that he would leave. He's a weasel. He could do whatever, whatever comes to his mind. I just don't think it's fair. He committed the crime. He admitted to the crime, at least this crime. Why does he get the summer off? Why does Anthony Weiner get to take from now until September 8th before he has to come back and be sentenced? How difficult is it? Is this the only sex offender crime that this, this court has ever seen? Don't they have previous cases that can compare to this? And there is precedent for the kind of sentencing he should face. I'm reading one to you right now. Granted, it was Florida. But they're probably doing this all the time. You ought to be able to sentence him the same day, Your Honor. And then maybe you give him a week to get his affairs in order before he goes and checks in. But, you know, it's just, it's really, it's really disturbing that the connections to the Clintons still hold this much power. All right, my rant on Anthony Weiner is over. I'm disgusted by it all. I'm happy he's had to plead guilty. But I'm, I'm disturbed by what I believe is the truth, that he will probably not spend a day in prison. Yes, he does have to register as a sex offender. Uh, the, the interesting sidebar to that, Anthony Weiner as a sex offender, when he has to register as a sex offender... We can track him now. We'll know where he is at all times. Maybe they'll even give him one of those nifty federal jewelry pieces that he wears on his ankle. Little federal jewelry for Anthony Weiner. And we'll be able to know where he is at all times. Maybe that would have helped Huma. Although, apparently, half the time he was breaking the law, he was at home. Anthony Weiner. Uh, just a sidebar to this. If you haven't seen... The documentary, Wiener, oh my God, is it worth the price of admission? I saw it in a movie theater in New York City last year. It is so well done, and you will actually do as Anthony Wiener did and scratch your head and say, how the hell did they let this documentarian get access to all this? Because Wiener is totally hung out to dry, and it's all on video. It's all there for you to see. And you see at the beginning... What a promising career this guy had and just destroyed. Nobody else destroyed it. Anthony Weiner did it to himself. And yeah, collateral damage, Huma Abedin. And ultimately, you got to know Hillary Clinton. Weiner's peccadilloes had a lot to do with Hillary Clinton not being the president. All right, rant over again for the second time. Michael Pelka taking a break. We get back. Uh, I got a beef with the media. I got a big beef with the media. And if we have time, we'll get to it in this half hour on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. 
To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. Welcome back. I wanted to get to uh, my story where I'm going to rail against the mainstream media, predominantly CNN and MSNBC, because they deserve the rating today uh, from the president. You know what he says. You are fake news. Yeah, I've I've got a prime example of uh, some serious fake news, but I need a little more time. I want to get to a quick update on the story from yesterday. The story that was breaking as we went on the air, the guy who killed someone in New York City yesterday and injured almost 20 people, critically injuring four people, taking the life of a young lady when he drove his car on the sidewalk and was actually driving the wrong direction. He, he was coming down 7th Avenue near the very crossroads of the world at Times Square, and he did a U-turn and then went back up 7th Avenue but jumped up on the sidewalk and started plowing through people, pedestrians. At one time, there are scenes, and you can see this on some of the security video that's out there, where this guy has five and six people on the hood of the car. They're being tossed in the air. And the terrible tragedy of the young lady who lost her life and her sister terribly injured as well. But this this tragedy is compounded even more so by this guy apparently wanted the cops to shoot him. There's a, a, a report in the New York Post which has a remarkable photo on the cover, a French newspaper journalist photographer happened to be in Times Square as it happened. He captured the guy running from the car with his arms out and he absolutely looks like a crazy man. There's another shot where the guy is leaping in the air as the smoldering car is behind him and people are attending to the victims. It is chilling. Absolutely chilling. This this picture and now people are saying that that this was not just a madman but this guy does have two duis they apparently are reporting i heard robin walensky say there were drugs involved he's been arrested twice for drunk driving he was a washout from the u.s navy and apparently wanted to die but who knows maybe he's just crazy but to think that this is now being uh covered up or we're now saying this was was really just a single guy when some folks are saying it's terrorism. Come on, people. Come on. Can we not just go nuts for one day? And I'm not saying you're nuts. Don't don't tweet at me and tell me I'm being rude. But this is obviously a very disturbed guy. There was no Allahu Akbar. Just just calm down, people. Calm down. All right, I want to get uh, I want to get to my poking fun at the media. I have to I have to give the media a good slapping here, and Donald Trump wants to say you are fake news. Absolutely, 
and it's MSNBC and CNN that are specifically in the spotlight. Brian Williams, put down your lunch. You're up next. And I'm looking at you, too, Christian. Poor. Not so easy to say that name. When we get back, we're going to call out the fake news of the mainstream media and how they try to diminish Donald Trump. It's really disgusting. I'll share with you the actual clips. And this happened just this morning. It's relentless. That's next on Piero Pelkin. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Do me a favor. Take out a, a pen or a, a pencil, something. Write this down on your the palm of your hand. 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. Or just write relieffactor.com. I'm into now starting my 10th week using Relief Factor. It has helped me greatly. Eliminated pain. My knees are unbelievable now. But don't take my word for it. Another Blaze listener, Nicole, talked to us about what Relief Factor has done for her. I started getting numbing, like carpal tunnel, but then I started realizing it was all up in my shoulder. The cramping, the pain, it was almost unbearable. When I started taking Relief Factor, it just seemed like everything relaxed and I'm able to stretch it out now. I'm able to work it out. I'm able to sleep. To me, it is a lifesaver. A lifesaver, and so many others have found that out too. It works for me. It's an all-natural, anti-inflammatory, helps thousands, and many in our own family here at The Blaze. Don't wait. I waited too long. Now I feel better. I wish I'd started sooner. Three-week quick start pack, 1995, Call them, 800-500-8384, relieffactor.com. I, um, I got up this morning, as I do every morning, and we send a tip sheet to about 300 different professionals in the radio industry and television industry. Glenn Beck gets it, of course. So does Sean Hannity. Somebody in Rush's office, Dennis Miller's. It goes all around the country to all the big names in talk radio. And a bunch of little names in talk radio. I send it to any talk radio person or TV person who says, we want your prep sheet in the morning. And as I'm working on it this morning, I'm monitoring both CNN and MSNBC. I do this so you don't have to. I am taking the combat hits so you don't have to feel the shots from the, uh, you know, the liberal media and this morning msnbc was replaying a show that happens every night at 11 o'clock it's called the 11th hour oh how clever brian williams hosts a show at 11 o'clock called the 11th hour only technically it's the 23rd hour really but you know we'll let him have that one 
And Williams is so intent, as many on the left are, of trying to paint the president as being a dummy or a child. It is so obvious. And this is the latest set of talking points. If you pay attention, your mind will start hearing the talking points being repeated over and over again. You hear it with Maxine Waters and Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer whenever they get their marching orders from the DNC and they go out in front of the cameras and they repeat the same crap over and over again. Well, the mainstream media gets those same talking points. So this morning, when I'm listening to the replay of the 11th hour, I notice Brian Williams and Christian Amanamanamanamanpur saying the same thing, delivering the same slurs and attempting to paint Donald Trump as a child, as an idiot. And it's, it's really kind of shameful. I expected a Brian Williams because, yes, we have his history of him making up news. But in, in the case of Aman Naman Aman Amanpur, I'm a little surprised. So Brian Williams has Ali Velshi and Rick Stengel with him. Uh, Rick Stengel formerly worked at the State Department. Ali Velshi was a guy who worked at CNN. I used to like watching his financial reports. And then he showed us his true colors when he took the bribe money, basically, to go work for Al Jazeera America, to work for the Sharia-compliant news network that eventually failed miserably. And MSNBC hired him recently. So Ali Velshi, who's getting a show on MSNBC, that shows you how progressive he is. Uh, Ali Velshi and, and Rick Stangle are on to talk about the president's trip, this big overseas trip. But Brian Williams wants to make this uh, a story about something completely different. Brian Williams is trying to make this about how to slam Trump and make Trump sound like he's an idiot, like he's in a child. Listen. Well, well, we have our news tonight, and Ali, on to Brussels, where there's a report out of NATO that meetings are being Trump-proofed. <laughs> Briefings are quick and uh, right. uh, illustration-filled. Right. And, and So he's setting Ali Velshi up to say, well, they're Trump-proofing the meetings to make them brief and illustration-filled. So what's he saying? He's saying Donald Trump is such a moron that we have to have short meetings because he doesn't he doesn't have a long attention span and there have to be lots of pretty pictures, trinkets and shiny objects. Ali Velshi, to his credit, doesn't take the bait. Listen. Uh, Donald Trump started his whole conversation about NATO during the campaign was how nobody else pays their uh, their way. The U.S. is, is done with paying for obsolete. all this, and it's obsolete. And and so he has moved his messaging. Uh, uh, Mike Pence went and visited with NATO and and said we're committed to NATO. We're going to. Velshi doesn't take the bait. He just talks about what the Trump administration has done. I got, I give him credit for not biting. And then Williams didn't like the answer he got. So he switches back to the topic and fires it away at the other panelist, Rick Stangle. Of experts, there's real concern that this is a president subject to flattery, mm -hmm. wanting a close personal relationship after every encounter, that he could agree to things that he shouldn't. He restages the question. Is this president subject to flattery? 
Is he that weak? Should we be worried? Stengel doesn't really take the bait. And that he, it's, he's very transactional on the one hand. On the other hand, he's susceptible to flattery and personal relationships. Those two things have nothing to do with policy. And I think he feels that he can somehow ingratiate himself with people. Those people are going to figure out how to do that with him. And, and by the way, the Saudis are going to do that. The Israelis mm -hmm. have already done it. You know, the Pope will do it in order to try to kind of modulate some of the things that Trump does that I'm sure that the Pope is aghast at. Quote Rick Stengel, what could go wrong? Gentlemen, thank you for a great conversation tonight. It wasn't a great conversation, Brian Williams. You were trying to smear the president. You were trying to make him look like a kid, like a child. Stengel actually said, well, you know what? This is kind of the butt kissing that happens on diplomatic tours. The Saudis are going to do it. The Israelis are going to do it. The Palestinians are going to do it. And to some extent, the Pope is going to do it. There's a little bit of diplomacy that happens when people get together and call on a neighbor or a foreign friend. Hi, how are you? What a lovely house you have. That's not childlike behavior. It, at least it's not. I don't expect Trump to go in and start bowing like somebody did on an apology tour in 2009. Does anyone remember? Yes, we do. So that happened, and then minutes later, almost almost at the exact same time, Christian Amanamanamanpour over at CNN, reporting from London early this morning, is talking about the same, basically the same topic. And here's what she had to say. And remember, there's a report out of NATO that Trump's meetings need to be specially attended to to made simple for him. Remember, Brian Williams said that. Listen to this. But in NATO, for instance, in that meeting, we're already hearing reports that they're having to tailor the meetings to suit what they have been told about President Trump, a famously short attention span, somebody who's always looking for reaffirmation and flattery and, you know, putting his name into all sorts of paragraphs that are going to be spoken about him, uh, you know, flattering and trying to do the best to keep his attention, shortening uh, meetings from maybe 30 minutes or 40 minutes or an hour to, to much much shorter you know giving sort of paragraphs worth of of information rather than you know longer um, so you know they're, they're busy tailoring it's fair to say uh, that journalists and foreign leaders abroad have never faced and never encountered a, a leader of the United States that's quite like this so that's the only thing she said that makes any sense that's even fair at the very end at the very end of that it's fair to say uh, that journalists and foreign leaders abroad have never faced and never encountered a, a leader of the United States that's quite like this. So the rest of it is Bravo Sierra. The rest of it is a, a total repetition of talking points that are being thrust upon the media to diminish and smear the president to make him sound like he's a child. And instead, the only true thing she said was, the world has never seen a United States president like this. Well, yeah, most of the world has never seen a United States president, first of all. And in recent memory, the last one was there for eight years, and he was different than the one before. I think it's shameful, Mr. President. What do you think? 
You are fake news. Yes, I think Christian Amanamanpour deserves that classification, as does Brian Williams. It really is awful that the media has this naked of a bias. It's just hanging out there. Oh, but there's more. Of course there's more. I'll share it with you after the break. I'm Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. On the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Vital question of the day has been posted for a couple hours. I'd love to hear from you, and uh, we will debate this. If you want to talk about it, too, I, I need your input. I need to hear from the stunt brainiacs out there, especially on this Friday. Kind of a little loosey-goosey Friday. Um, worst date ever? Yeah, maybe. This guy in Austin, he's 37 years old. He... He meets a woman online at one of those dating appy things. 35-year-old woman, they, they have conversations and agree to go on a date. They're going to go see Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Uh, reportedly, according to Glenn Beck, maybe the greatest movie ever made. I have not seen it yet. I cannot speak to this. I have not seen Guardians of the Galaxy, the original. And I know it's Guardians. I know. I'm just messing with you people. So uh, Brandon Vesmar goes to the movies with a, a woman he met through this dating app. And they're at the movie. And according to Vesmar, in the first 15 minutes of the movie, she starts texting. She takes out her phone inside the theater and starts texting. And continued to do so even after he said, hey, can you, can you please stop texting? And she, no, she's going to keep texting in the theater during the movie. And it was the opening weekend of Guardians of the Galaxy 2. So you know the theater had to be packed because it was one of the biggest openings of a movie ever. So I'm sure the people around her are saying, hey, buddy, can you, can you tell your date to stop? Hey, lady, you want to stop texting? No, she's not going to stop texting. So he said, why don't you take it outside? To the lobby if you need to text. She did. She walked out of the theater into the lobby and kept walking. As a matter of fact, she walked out, got in her car, and drove away. Now, here's the problem. They had driven to the theater together. She agreed to drive. He bought the tickets. Now, he's sitting there in the theater realizing she's not coming back. And... He's a little disturbed. And he said, you know, I, I got to find my ride home because I told you your phone was distracting. Now, the next day, he said uh, he wanted her to pay him back for the $7.31 from the movie, plus the $4 for the slice of pizza he bought her as well. And she ain't biting. She thinks uh, he's the problem. And so guess what? He's suing her 
asking her to compensate him for the movie and pizza. I'm surprised he didn't make her pay for an Uber. I expect this to be on Judge Judy. The the theater in Austin very wisely has offered him a $17.31 gift certificate. And now he's going to file, has filed in small claims. So I want to know, where are we? Where are we on this? Is it okay ever to text in a movie theater, especially during the feature? See, I don't care if you got your phone on and uh, the, the trailers are running or all the dumb ads. Thank you for coming to Lowe's. Any of that, I don't care. But if you're texting during the movie uh, and, and the lights you know, from the screen are going to be very bright, I, I got issues with that. I think you need to get your butt thrown out of the theater. I think that's an ejectable offense. So where are we? Is it ever okay to text in a movie theater during the feature? Go to StuntBrain on Twitter, at StuntBrain on Twitter, and tell me. Currently, 21% of you are saying yes. This is nerve-wracking. 21% of you, one-fifth of you, more than one-fifth of you thinks it's okay to text in the theater during the movie? I know, I got to calm down. I know, I know. But vote now, please, or tell me. Call in and tell me I'm wrong. This is, this is criminal. We'll be right back. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.